Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. Friends, I'm about to read a very short chapter. It's only eight verses. But I want to take this opportunity to give you a little background on the book of First Chronicles that we're in. First and Second Chronicles, of course, were originally one book. The Jews still consider it one book. The author is literally unknown, but it is believed to have been compiled by Ezra, the same Ezra who wrote the book of Ezra. Now, Ezra was a spiritual leader during the return from Babylonian and Persian captivity by the Jews. And so after the Persian Empire released them, the Jews returned to Israel, and this First and Second Chronicles was compiled by the returnees, believed again by Ezra, to record a lot of Israel's history. Now, much of the material is repeated from 1 Kings and 2 Kings and First and Second Samuel. But there are some modifications, and this chapter I'm about to read has some very important modifications, and I have a personal opinion about the modifications that I'm going to share now. And so in these eight verses, we have some sections that start almost exactly like Second Samuel chapter 11, but then there's some, some divergence from the text. And so what's in Second Samuel chapter 11? This is the story of David and Bathsheba. But in Chronicles, Bathsheba is not mentioned in the story. In fact, David is made to look more virtuous than he behaved in 2 Samuel, and um, by omission, by omitting the, the details about his fall with Bathsheba and the murder of Uriah the Hittite, etc., the author of Chronicles makes David look better. Now, why? Now, this is my personal opinion I'm about to give you. This is not an established fact, you know, generally agreed upon among scholars. But I believe that the author of First and Second Chronicles was trying to encourage these refugees returning back to Israel. That if, in fact, the author of First and Second Chronicles was Ezra, or someone like Ezra, a contemporary of his, then the objective was to give Israel's history, but also to give Israel a little pep talk. Yeah, we've been in captivity 70 years, boys, but things are going to be better. We have a glorious history. And so this particular episode, which was not a a glorious episode, the business with David and Bathsheba, was omitted. I don't think it was omitted accidentally. I think it was an intentional decision by the writer and compiler of uh, First and Second Chronicles. Again, that's my opinion. Uh, you can have your own opinion. You can read other commentaries on that, but that's what I believe. Now, I think this probably was inspired by the Spirit of God, once again, to encourage the refugees. All the details are recorded in other places. It wasn't necessary to replicate word for word uh, what had already been spoken in First and Second Samuel, in the case of Bathsheba, Second Samuel chapter 11. But it was necessary to remind Israel of their victories and to remind Israel of their heroes. David, of course, being among the greatest of heroes that Israel ever had. And so let's read this chapter now with that perspective. Forgive me if you don't agree with my opinion, but from the perspective of these words were written to encourage not to out someone in their flaws. The Lord um, did not omit the flaws of David in Scripture, 
but it wasn't necessary at this point to repeat them over again. So, 1 Chronicles chapter 20. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, Joab led out the armed forces. He laid waste to the land of the Ammonites and went to Reba and besieged it. But David remained in Jerusalem. Joab attacked Reba and left it in ruins. David took the crown from the head of their king. Its weight was found to be a talent of gold, and it was set with precious stones, and it was placed on David's head. He took a great quantity of plunder from the city and brought out the people who were there, consigning them to labor with saws and with iron picks and axes. David did this to all the Ammonite towns. Then David and his entire army returned to Jerusalem. In the course of time, war broke out with the Philistines at Gezer. At that time, Shebekai, the Husharite, killed Saphi, one of the descendants of the Rephathites, and the Philistines were subjugated. In another battle with the Philistines, Elhanan, son of Jair, killed Lami, the brother of Goliath, the Gittite, who had a spear with a shaft that was like a weaver's rod. In still another battle, which took place at Gath, there was a huge man with six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, twenty-four in all. He also was descended from Rapha. When he taunted Israel, Jonathan, son of Shemiah, David's brother, killed him. These were descendants of Rapha in Gath, and they fell at the hands of David and his men. So that's the brief uh, chapter reading. Now let's look at some variation that I was referring to in the text. And so in the case of First Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1 reads this way. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, Joab led out the armed forces. He laid waste to the land of the Ammonites and went to Reba and besieged it. But David remained in Jerusalem. Now, 1 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1, begins the same way. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Reba, but David remained in Jerusalem. So the basic facts, the start out of the chapter is similar. Joab goes and leads the army. David stays back in Jerusalem. You know, no harm, no foul. But this idea of David remaining in Jerusalem becomes a great problem in 2 Samuel, because 2 Samuel chapter 11 goes on to say, One evening David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof he saw a beautiful woman bathing, and David sent someone to find out who she was. The man said, She's Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Friends, none of that is repeated in Chronicles. And so in Chronicles, after that first expression of um, it was springtime, when kings go off to war, Joab took the army and uh, went against the Ammonites, and David stayed back in Jerusalem, then Chronicles reads this way, Joab attacked Reba and left it in ruins. And then verse 2, David took the crown from the head of their king. Now, it sounds like David was right there with Joab. But in reality, in 2 Samuel, Joab had to shame David into coming and taking the last of the battle and getting the crown. In fact, Joab threatened him and said, if you don't leave Jerusalem 
and come here and fight with me against these people. I'm going to take the credit. I'm going to keep the crown. I'm going to say it's all in my name, but it's supposed to be in your name because you're the king. None of that is mentioned in Chronicles. So David took the crown from the head of the king. Its weight was found to be a talon of gold. It was set with precious stones, and it was placed on David's head. He took a great quantity of plunder from the city and brought out the people who were there and consigned them to hard labor. And David did this to the Ammonite people in all of their towns. Then David and his entire army returned to Jerusalem. So a very sterilized um, uh, version of what took place. If you want to read the whole story, it's long. It's 2 Samuel chapter 11 and chapter 12 telling this story that I just hid in miniature. Now, this chapter is not over. There's some uh, mention at the end of it with more wars against the Philistines and includes details about a bunch of giants. One was named Sippai. He was descended as they all were from the Rephathites. Now, the Rephathites were giants. And so this one Philistine giant, Sippai, was killed. And um, then another battle, Lami, the brother of Goliath, was killed. And we find out, of course, that Goliath had a brother. Perhaps all of these men were related to Goliath as cousins or whatever. And then there was a third one, a huge man with six fingers on each hand. He was also defended from Rapha. He was killed by David's nephew, the son of David's brother. Uh, These were all descendants of the giants in the Philistine towns, and they all fell at the hands of David and his men. Now, this is an insertion of sorts. Um, We don't know over what period of time this took place, but these verses recap the existence of these giants and their defeat. But I want to back up to the wise, in my opinion, writer of Chronicles, putting the best foot forward for a group that needed encouragement. Friends, um, there is such a thing as omitting part of the truth and turning it into a lie. But there's also the matter of wisdom, when to speak of negative things and when not to. And under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, sometimes we need that guidance as well. So I want to pray into that. Lord, I ask that you would make us sons and daughters of encouragement. Make us people that are those that strengthen those that are around us. May we be those who give life and not take life from people. May we impart life from the Holy Spirit and from the Lord Jesus Christ and from our Heavenly Father. But may our words build up and not tear down. Lord, we recognize that sometimes uh, the truth uh, by necessity cuts. But may it cut cleanly and may it cut uh, redemptively. When it comes through our mouths, Lord, May your words come from our mouths just like your words from your mouth. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app, and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.